It's uh, there's a lot more articles coming. Well, yeah. We had uh, around <laughs> 126, uh, and luckily we did it in the first eight eight weeks of the, of the year. So the weather was still shit. Uh, so we <laughs> so we were at home, no problem. Karma Dentistry Podcast. Today we have Adamo Notarantonio. Um, he's, a, uh, uh, he's a dentist that graduated from the State University of New York in 2002. He was accredited by the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry, better known as the AACD, in 2011. And he recently received his fellowship in the AACD. Um, and he's the eighth person worldwide to achieve this honor. He is also a consultant and examiner for the accre uh, accreditation and fellowship processes. In, 20, in 2016, he was awarded uh, with the AECD's Rising Star Award, and he's a board member of the American Board of Cosmetic Dentistry, better known as the ABCD. Ademo is a graduate of Koi Center, and he's also completed the Dawson Academy core curriculum. And he also received a fellowship in the International Congress of Oral Implantologists. He has been published in multiple dental journals and lectures nationally and internationally on topics as CAT CAM dentistry, implant dentistry, cosmetic dentistry, composite dentistry, and of course, dental photography. He's a co-founder along with Dr. Amanda C of the Impress Lecture Series in Charleston, and besides his staggering resume, he's an avid golfer and he's fluent in Italian. <laughs> so, uh, Demo, first of all, your resume is really impressive and we are thrilled to have you as our guest today. Um, I think we Thank know you. each other for about a year now. Um, yeah. We met through Instagram and we are in the same Instagram group, so to speak. Yes. Um, and, uh, well, when we started this, this podcast, uh, I knew immediately I wanted to ask, to ask you as a, as a guest. And today we will talk about your career and uh, how, you've, how you have built such an impressive resume. Um, uh, in December, you, uh, uh, you lectured at the Dental Influencers Alliance. Uh, yeah. it, was in, uh, it was in Arizona. Uh, and afterwards, uh, because I couldn't attend, you uh, you sent me your uh, your your lecture. Uh, so of course, uh, I have seen it. And uh, what I really liked was your story uh, about uh, why you wanted to become a dentist, and it really made me laugh. So would you like to tell that story to our listeners, and especially yeah, your, your your previous career? <laughs> My previous career was interesting. So I graduated from Cornell University um, in 1996. And I always make a joke that my degree was in professional soccer. Now I was never gonna play for uh, Ajax or PSV Eindhoven, but I was pretty good when I was young. As a matter of fact, I did have uh, a little tour with uh, the under 17 national team and we played a couple squads in Holland when I was young. So um, it was fun, I enjoyed it. Uh, and really that's all I wanted to be when I grew up was a pro soccer player. But as you guys know, um, being where you're from, if you're not 
signed or are there by 14, 15 years old, you know, your career is pretty much done, right? So I went to college. My parents were like, you know, you need to go to school because they're both uh, immigrants from Italy. So they didn't get to go to college. Um, and then they said, after that, you can do whatever you want. But by that time, you know, there was no chance for a career in Europe. Um, and the MLS had just started in the U.S. So I played a little couple farm teams. Uh, and after a couple of games and a few paychecks, I was like, I got it. This is no good. I'm never going to survive on this. Um, so I quit. And uh, I went home. My dad was a garbage truck driver and my mom was his secretary. They had a small business. So I showed up to work one day in a uh, suit and tie and, you know, thinking I would work in the office. And my dad looked at me and said, you know, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to work for you. And he said, no more school. And I'm like, nah, dad, I did four years of college. I'm done. He goes, okay, you can work for me, but go home and change and put on the crappiest clothes you have. I'm going to make you wish you never closed the book. So he put me on the back of the garbage truck for, that was about a year and a half before I uh, got back into school. And I remember the first morning I woke up. Now, I was a soccer player, so I was in shape. I could run. I was strong. I couldn't lift my arms or bend my fingers. I was dying. Um, and he gave me the day off. He told me, you can ice yourself for one day, and that's it. And uh, I worked, basically, I would say like an animal for a year and a half, um, day in, day out, from five in the morning until we finished. And... Um, I knew I had to figure something out with my life and I really had no idea what I wanted to do. And a good friend of mine who was one of my fraternity brothers who happens to be an oral surgeon, a very successful oral surgeon right now, was at NYU and he said, why don't you come to dental school? And I was like, what the hell's the dentist? I mean, you know, my parents being from Italy wasn't routine that we went on to dental visits. I mean, I don't think, I think three times in my life, maybe I ever went to the dentist. So I was like, ah, I'll give it a shot. Um, and I ended up getting into school and literally when I got there, I didn't know what a mirror was an Explorer was an album. I knew nothing, zero. Um, but you know, I worked, uh, pretty hard. Uh, I loved it when I got there. I did not like the first two years cause it was all science classes and all that stuff. That's just not my cup of tea. I'm not uh, crazy about that. Um, but when we got into clinic, uh, and the artistic side, I mean, I knew I loved that from, from school. You know, I was the kid who always stained everybody's PFM crowns and I loved playing with the colors and, and all the artistic stuff. So yeah, my, my journey went from, I had no idea what the hell I wanted to do with my life to here I am. So it's pretty interesting. Awesome. Fantastic story. Uh, yeah. When I, um, uh, I was in uh, New York, uh, last, 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 uh, December, uh, when I was there, uh, some of the tour guides told me that, uh, the tuition fee for NYU is around $70,000 a year. Um, how did you manage that uh, um, uh, in the beginning? Did you get a scholarship or, or do, you get a, do you have a huge debt uh, once you start dental school? How, how, that, how yeah. does it work? Great, great question. Well, I got lucky because I applied to probably 10 schools and I only got into two. The first one was NYU and I was on the wait list at Stony Brook, which is a state school. So NYU is probably 70, 75,000 now. Stony Brook at that time when I, I, that's where I went. I ended up on the wait list and I got in late, but it was 12,000 a year. Okay. So it was a huge, huge difference. Uh, my best friend from dental school, uh, I mean, from college, we went to high school together. We lived together in college and we both went to dental school, but he went to NYU and I went to Stony Brook. And I would say he probably came out with maybe four or 500,000 in debt by the time he was done. And uh, he pays it. Yeah, he pays it every month. You know, um, he does, you know, he does it very well for himself. But that's a big, 
note to pay than you know with a family and kids and a mortgage you know yeah. this is times of trouble right now if you're not you know if you're out of school with with loans like that and they're not getting deferred but you know what i've seen around here um every bank has been very easy to work with the student loans even give you three months leeway which is nice so at least everybody could breathe a little now and focus on the task at hand but yeah it's a, it's nyu is really really expensive and it's tough it's yeah. tough yeah, I can I can understand. Um, and where does your passion for dentistry come from? Because you you told me that that den- the, you didn't really know the dentist, and all of a sudden it changed from not knowing the dentist to becoming a very passionate dentist and <laughs> uh, <laughs> very active on social media and lecturing and giving courses. Yeah, I know. I want to say. I mean, I don't know exactly when I. I had that fire for dentistry. I would say it was when I hit clinic. Um, and I'm just the type of person that if I'm going to do something, then I'm going to do it the best that I can in competition with no one, but against myself. You know, I love, I love to cook and I'm a barbecue fanatic. So I studied barbecue so much because on Sundays during football season, I like to have 20, 30 people at my house and I'm just so excited to give them the food that I made. I just want to watch them eat. I don't even care if I eat. <laughs> Uh, but I think that's just been my nature as a kid, like even playing soccer, I, you know, I, I was nonstop it was 150%, um, same thing with dentistry or anything else I do. So I think it's just the way I was raised. My dad was very, if you're going to do something, make sure you do it right and be the best at it. And, you know, as much as I wanted to be the best soccer player when I was younger, I mean, I know that's always impossible, right? There's always somebody better than you. And that's what we learn from. It's amazing of some of the groups, like you said, the group we're in on Instagram with you guys and and the rest of those docs. I mean, some of the work you guys are putting out and they're putting up. I'm like, man, I mean, that's that motivating thing that makes you just want to continue. And and I always say that if I ever lose the fire I have for dentistry, I mean, I'll go back to being a garbage man because I was in much better shape than I am right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I could use a, a 20 pounds off, or, uh, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I remember um, a time. Uh, I just I think that's just my nature, to be honest. Okay, uh, well, I think uh, I think we're onto something here because we ask that question to every guest in our podcast and um, um, almost everyone that we've asked so far uh, said uh, that that it's not um, really a, uh, it's it's not only for dentistry, but it's no. a passion uh, for everything they do. And it doesn't yeah. matter if it's cooking, if it's sports, if it's drawing, if it's dentistry. It doesn't matter. Everything they do Absolutely. in life, they do it 150. Sure. percent So yeah, uh, yeah. I think that that's a big um, uh, uh, difference between uh, uh, someone that that uh, uh, between some of the dentists you see around. That sure. uh, you can you can immediately pick out the 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 the, the, the dentists that are really passionate in in life and everything that they do, and that's probably yeah. the, the the reason why they excel. Um, um, yeah, because they uh, uh, they invest much more in it. Um, mm. And if I look through your Instagram, uh, photography is a really huge part of it. And um, was photography always in your life or is that something that also started during your dental career? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, as a matter of fact, I 
in my residency, I didn't have a camera. Um, I didn't have one when I first started in practice. And it wasn't until that I was taken uh, by, I have a, a local doctor who's a mentor of mine. He practices about a mile and a half from me. And we had a local study club. And in, that was in my office with my former boss and ex-partner. Um, and we were presenting cases and he came up to me right after one day and he said, you know, you got really, not, you really good hands but you don't know anything. And I was like, all right, thanks. Um, <laughs> he's like, I want you to go take the Dawson series and understand occlusion because you didn't learn that in dental school. And he goes, I'm going to take you to your first AACD meeting. And he took me to Atlanta. And I remember seeing the posters that put up when people become accredited. And I was like, wow, I hope I could do dentistry half that good at some point in my life. And I was hooked. Um, and that was when I first started taking photos, just regular, conventional, you know, straightforward, nothing artistic or anything like that. Uh, I'd gotten accredited. I was anti-social media. I had no social media accounts because I had a fight with my sister years ago on Facebook and that was it. I'm like, this is stupid because it causes problems and I don't need this in my life. So I deleted it and my computer guy at work was like, listen, you need something. And I'm like, well, here's my password. You guys go do it. I don't want anything to do with it. Um, and my former assistant said, why don't you try Instagram? So I opened an Instagram account uh, and I would put just before and afters. And if you look all the way in the beginning of my account, it's literally with some ugly letters and before and after. Um, and then I started seeing these photos over and over again from the same two guys from Venezuela. And I was like, wait a minute, this is a whole different art form that I'll never understand. So I contacted them um, in my true fashion, because when I want to learn something, I need to learn it like now. So I messaged uh, Eduardo, uh, there we are. And I said, listen, I don't care what it costs. The two of you come to my house, you can stay at my home, come to New York for five days, I'll pay for everything. Um, and you're gonna teach me how to do this. And they were like, sure, we'll be there in two weeks. So they flew up from Venezuela. I picked them up on a Thursday um, and they stayed in my house until Monday. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, Rolando, you know, Roland Bond. Yeah. Yeah. So Rolando came down from Chicago with his wife. Um, we spent three days in my office doing photography and they changed my life forever. A hundred and fifty percent. That's amazing. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. And um uh, then you developed it over the years to uh yeah uh, to the level you are you are now, I uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because about a week after they left, they messaged me and were like, What did you eat? And I'm like, What do you mean? like your pictures are amazing i'm like i haven't put the camera down since you left and i don't plan on it either so i probably <laughs> would do like a photo shoot a week you know the artistic stuff that i love to do i mean my camera i documented every case and i wasn't lecturing nearly as much as i am now so i just did it because i just i'd love to see the outcomes and what you learn from it and all that fun stuff so once uh, i got the camera in my hand that was it it was no putting it down i mean and not much has changed now um you know, I yeah, still, shows. I, I have four or five cameras sitting, staring right at you guys behind me at the computer screen. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's become my life for a lot of reasons. I, mean, I love to educate about it, but I think it's, it's essential for day-to-day -day dentistry as you guys know, right? Yeah. And the artistic stuff is fun. It kind of, you know, diversifies. So actually my first artistic photo is the face you saw behind me. Yeah, really That's nice. That's my... That's my assistant, Melanie. And at that time, she wasn't my assistant. She worked at a, gym, at a gym that I used to go to. And I was like, hey, do you model by any chance? And she was like, yeah. So I had my friend makeup artist do that. And now Melanie's my assistant. And 
in all my photos. And, you know, she travels all my courses with me and now she does her own station where she does her own modeling for the, I don't even have to tell her anything. She's as good as I am. Um, so it's kind of cool to see my staff get so into it and the girls get so into it. And, you know, I get to give them more than they would get just assisting. Right. So yeah. Melanie travels with me and gets to travel the world and, and meet other people and show her expertise too. So it keeps her, I think on another level than, than most maybe assistants would be if they didn't have that opportunity. Yeah, yeah. pretty nice. And it gets, and gets me thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should go to the gym as well, Martin. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> or and, uh, I'll just send Melanie to visit you guys. Yeah. And you guys take some pictures for a week yeah also why good. yeah why not <laughs> um and do you use uh, uh nikon or canon ah great question the old, the million dollar question so yeah i i am a canon guy however me too me too um, i have three of them so i have a mark four behind me that i use my day-to-day -day with my twin flash i have an 80d with a ring flash and polarized filters that never comes off so i just leave that as is i have a mirrorless for my artistic stuff and then i also have one nikon and the reason that i have an icon is i think their flash system in terms of the wireless twin flash is by far the best for macro photography on the market more versatile it's a lot lighter you know the canon one's great in terms of the light quality but with the wires and the, the commander yeah. it's bulky and it's big yeah. so my partner who's doing accreditation now she had uh i think we had her in like a 70d and she's like tom well, this is so heavy i'm like all right let's switch you over to nikon get you the wireless and uh i don't use the nikon uh macro lens because not because it's not great it is uh, but it's really heavy the 100 millimeter yeah so yeah, i put is. her in uh, a tamron 90 millimeter macros and unbelievable and it's like a tenth of the weight so she's a lot more comfortable um with the twin mm -hmm. flash for the cosmetics and the weight of the camera. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I love my Canon. I think pound for pound, the best camera out there by far is the Mark IV, no questions asked. Uh, but for dentistry and specific use, when people ask me, I'm not gonna be biased, I'm gonna tell them the truth. For me, if a, a new dentist asks me what to buy, I tell them to get right now, get Nikon, just mainly because of the their twin flash system. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I have a 80D and a 90D. They are both crop sensors. So what? Um, I don't need a, a commander to um, uh, to use my twin mm -hmm. flashes. It has a built-in setting. But when I use on um, uh, one of the practice I work, we have the 16 Mark III, and then I need to use a, a commander to. Uh, yeah to use them and then it then it becomes really heavy because then I have the 100 millimeter lens with a full frame camera and the commander. Yeah, it's, it's a monster. It's, it's a monster. It's so heavy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I have the, the 750 from Nikon. Well, and, um, I have the same one right behind me. Yeah, but it, it's, uh, yeah, I, I agree with, uh, with the weight of the 100 millimeter lens uh it's it's super heavy so super heavy if i if i go if i ask my assistant to to take a photograph <laughs> as your hands shaking like yeah. oh my god no it's and, true it's very uh, true and even even uh, even myself if i if i have a case a uh, posterior case where i where i take like 10 10 pictures and the last every picture is more shaky and shaky and shaky and Luckily, the stabilization is great, but <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise it would have been impossible. Oh, that's yeah. great! <laughs> nice. Uh, and you studied at Koi Center and also and also Dawson. Uh, yeah. Can you tell can you tell uh, can you tell more about that? 
Sure. So I did the Dawson Academy first. Um, at that time, it was five courses and it was very, I don't know how they, I know there's more courses now, but I don't know how they've changed. So don't quote me on what their protocol is now. But back then it was very, very occlusion heavy. Right. Okay. So I learned CR and, and bimanual manipulation and all that stuff and how to equilibrate. And, and it was an unbelievable um, five course series on strictly joint and occlusion. Um, which was great because I think we had a two hour lecture in dental school on that and nothing made sense. Um, <laughs> so I was confident doing uh, bigger cases uh, at the time. And, you know, listen, like you guys, uh, what was I going to do? Sit still and not learn anything else. Right. So my partner had started Coist and she's like, you really should go out to the Coist Center. So I'm like, yeah, but I know occlusion. And she's like, no, 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 it's more than that. So I went and I took treatment planning one, I think, first. And I was amazed at the amount of detail and the systematic approach that John Coyce has to every single thing that he does. I mean, there is no guessing. It's bam, bam, like the dental history. I mean, the detail and the questions are grouped in specific order so that honestly, at this point, if somebody just handed me a dental history, just by looking at the yes answers, I could pretty much almost tell you what, what we're looking at. Right? Are we looking at a full mouth rehab? Are we looking at a Bruxer? Are we looking at somebody who has diet issues and, and decay issues or periodontal issues and so on and so forth? I mean, his, he's just got a system and a philosophy for everything. Everything is science-based. Um, and it is, I mean, it was life-changing to, to our practice. And my partner and I are both COIS graduates. Um, and we, we implement everything that we've learned, um, which is tough when you have 20 people. Yeah. Uh, to get everybody on board, you know, because we go to CE, we come back and we tell our staff, we're going to do this. And they're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I don't even know what this means. <laughs> so, but it took, a, it took a little time, but now little by little, um, they're starting to see what these principles are and, and based on risk assessment and so on and so forth. So he's, yeah. I mean, he's got, the, the place is just special. Um, the material, the, the education to me is second to none. And there's a lot of great education. I mean, I'm friendly with a lot of people that are spear educators, which is another great system. Yeah. I, you know, went up the Coist road and there's nothing wrong with going up the spear road. It just depends in due time who kind of influenced you to go there. Um, but for me, the, the main thing about the Coist Center is John Coist. I mean, he's one of the greatest human beings I've ever met in my life. He's a gentleman, he's a pillar of knowledge, and uh, he's a role model I think every human being, not just Dennis, should look up to, to be honest with you. Yeah, I've heard, I've, I've heard multiple, I've heard various colleagues saying that who went to the Coy yeah. Center. Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you notice you do more full, full mouth rehabs now, or? Um... Um, no, you know what, I think, I mean, I, I think in my office, I'm pretty balanced and even with procedures, you know, it's funny, I show all this artistic stuff and, and rubber dam isolation and veneers and stuff. And Amanda makes fun of me because she goes, yeah, you think he, he sends you, he's going to send me pictures of like veneers. She's like, I get root canals. Then I'm texting her, check out the puff on that thing and blood <laughs> and implants. She's like, you do. And I do probably do more endo and surgery than I probably do cosmetic to be honest. Okay. And I love surgeries yeah. and I love, blood and stuff that's not that's not my instagram image i guess yeah. um but you know i try to do diverse and do a little bit so i think the one thing i got out of course is maybe that i'm not like everything's obviously not a full mouth rehab because it doesn't need it 
Um, but I'm very more uh, strategic and precise in my treatment planning, risk assessment, and case development than yeah. I ever was. Oh. Right. And I'll, I'll look, as you guys know, for the most conservative treatment. If it's yeah. ortho and two teeth, it's ortho and two teeth, it's fine. But not based on the fact that it doesn't look good, but based on their medical on the history, function. their yeah. dental histories, and their functional analysis yeah. and all that. So I think that was the. Um, that was the biggest thing for me is really, of course, to, to have me look at things so differently uh, than I looked, right? So we would always look at, okay, the patient came in with 20 old amalgams and decay here, and it was, okay, you need nine crowns, you need this, you need that. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, it's a, now I take a step back and say, okay, why do you have all these fillings? Yeah. Why did these break? Where is the decay coming from? Because in reality, if we think about it, as good as we want to be or we are at what we do, I mean, I see your guys' work is outstanding. I mean, freaks some of the posterior composites you're doing. Good Lord. <laughs> Amazing, right? But the problem does not lie in your hands or my hands or, or Martin's hands. It's what is the patient going to do when we go home? Because if they continue to pour Mountain Dew on it or bite their fingernails or bite on pencils, your beautiful work is going to be finished, Yeah. right? So I think that's where Kois was amazing for me. That Forget about the the... The work part of it because we know how to do that at this point Talking how about do we make sure that right yeah how do we how do we make sure that what we're going to do is last and why did this happen and it's more of a problem solving um healing versus a hitman is what he would say which is kind of awesome so talking about mountain dew you're not you're now you're now going back to tooth level with uh, with the elements right you're you're doing the biomimetic training now and I know yeah, they are yeah. addicted to Mountain Dew. <laughs> That's okay. I'll do their fillings any day when their teeth start to rot. It's fine. <laughs> nice. so, 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 so when did you decide? Because because the biomimetic biomimetic course is like on tooth level, right? The how to get the maximum adhesion, and of course yep. there's also some function integrated into it in the sixth lesson. So what do you what do you think about the course? How 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 uh, how? Yeah. You know, it, it's been amazing. So I, I met uh, Dave Allen and Davey. I mean, I obviously talked to Davey way before I met him, but I met his dad and, and him at DIA in Arizona. And they were at my lecture. And I mean, he was super nice to me after and a lot of praise, which was humbling coming from a guy of that caliber, right? So um, he, I introduced him to Devin, who's my AACD resident. And Devin is like, a sponge she wants everything she wants to learn everything so he brought she brought this to my attention and i'm like fine like i need something else on my plate i'll do it with you so she's doing it with me and i mean it was i didn't realize how much work it is it's a lot of work i mean <laughs> yeah i'm like Devin, I, and i this it's and i don't mean this in a negative way that we have a kind of a break right now but if if i was going full force with flying every week this is going to be tough for me to yeah. be able to do all this literature and stuff. But I mean, man, is it another level of, of education? It's crazy. I mean, talk about guys who really research their product and what they're delivering and, and scientifically back it up. And I mean, I thought I was smart. And then I watched Davey spit out articles off the top of his brain. And I'm like, huh, I don't remember what we just read last week. <laughs> You're telling me about uh, a thousand articles that you did 20 years ago, you know? So, I mean, I, I think it's outstanding, I, I you know? I know it's going to take time to to really fully understand the process mm -hmm. and go through it, but um, I, I'm I'm loving it. I'm really excited and glad that I did it. I think it's great. 
It's uh, there's a lot more articles coming. Well, yeah. we had uh, around <laughs> 126, uh, and luckily we did it in the first eight eight weeks of the, of the year. So the weather was still shit. Uh, so we so we were at home, no problem. Although this time would also be a uh, yeah a good time, yeah. yeah. Because yeah, you're 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 at home. You're not working right now, so you have enough time on your hands to read all the articles. But true, yeah. Right now the weather is getting better, and otherwise I don't know how I would have uh, would have managed it. But it's a uh, yeah. It's it's a lot to take in, and lo- and luckily it's a year. Um, but I really like that you're going so deep on tooth level on just the adhesion between uh, your your restorative material yeah. and dentin and um also the occlusion is very important but once you if you only do occlusion but you don't understand the adhesion i think it will uh, in the end your restoration will fail and if you yeah, combine absolutely. everything together like 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 you're doing now i think you will have both of best worlds and you will be uh, they will be uh, amazing for your patients um, because they they get the best uh, the best treatment and somebody yeah. that both understands uh, adhesion and also understands function so yeah that's amazing yeah. then you then you can on tooth level you can restore a tooth fully to to uh, to, to an, a natural to, tooth to, yeah towards a natural intact tooth and if you can combine that with your prostate training then it's it's amazing if you have both. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, hundred percent. I think you can make lifelong restorations if you combine those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, um, you also told at your presentation at the DIA that you never give the same lecture twice. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> I'm crazy like that because I always feel like there's somebody in the audience that has taken the time out to come and see me. Now, obviously, I take bits and pieces, but to legit reopen one and do it again, I honestly don't think I've ever done. Um, And I I feel like if somebody's going to take the time and come see me more than once, I mean, they're taking time out of their schedule, time out away from their family, time away from their office, then they better learn something new. So I always try to at least take, you know, if I have six topics I'm going to talk about, three of them are different because... I know if somebody was there, maybe it's a refresher on the first three, but I say if I can leave a lecture with three good points, it was a good lecture at this point, right? So I try to change it up or I'll change the images or the videos and always trying to get new content to to make sure that I don't disappoint anybody. That's probably personal psychoticness on my part, but um, yeah, that's, that's just me. Uh, well great uh, i started with that and then after a, a couple of lectures i thought okay maybe i should hope there's not somebody in the audience that, 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 that's seen you twice because it takes so much time uh, to, 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 to do it again because you don't want to change one photo you want to change a whole subject or change a whole case and yeah. it takes so much time it's so, so. true it's so true I gave a lecture for clinician's choice in Aruba and um, it was my first time as a key opinion leader with them. And I was, I think the last, last day, first in the morning uh, or second in the morning before lunch. And one of the guys was like seven or eight KOLs and we would meet in a room and then whoever was lecturing would go and lecture. And he's like, so you ready for your lecture? I'm like, yeah, I think so. He's like, how long are you speaking for? I'm like two hours. He goes, do I see 568 slides? I'm like, I know. You think I'll get through them? He's like, no way in hell. I'm like, no, I'm going to get through these slides if it's the last thing I do. So I made it by one minute and like 10 seconds. 
that I actually got through him. But he's like, how do you have that much material? I'm like, I was my first time. I wanted to impress everybody. I just packed it all into one presentation. So, but yeah, it's so much people don't realize. I mean, it's so much work. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's a lot. I, I was here yesterday. I didn't have any emergencies, but I was filming for a course with me and Amanda. And I was here like six hours filming everything, new content, new everything. It, it's just what goes on behind the scenes of a really well put together uh, presentations. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can totally uh, relate to that. Right now I'm recording some um, composite restorations uh, because um, um, they're still scheduled for now, but uh, I have to give some composite courses uh, for, for a brand. And um, what I, uh, I was documenting every step and for mm -hmm. just a simple restoration it takes me like two to three hours to yeah. document every step it takes so much time because every you want the angle to be to be to be the same every time so when you overlay your photos in keynote uh, they 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 already immediately line Absolutely. up or you have just a small adjustment so yeah getting to that um going in so much in detail it's it takes so much time but at the end the the True. result is is rewarding but I think some people don't realize it when they see it. They see, oh, no. it's, it looks pretty, but they don't know that you just spent two or three yeah. hours uh, composing that. Very uh, true. Very true. Yeah. And you give a lot of courses uh, and lectures with Amanda. Uh, how did this collaboration start? Oh, uh, how did I meet the queen, I like to call her. Um, <laughs> so I was, I mean, I knew of Amanda, right? So Amanda was accredited two years, I think, after me. I mean, she's been Ivacar ads. Uh, you see her everywhere. She's, you know, Koi Center and uh, published and very successful. Uh, we knew of each other. We had mutual friends. And I was at the American Society of Dental Aesthetics meeting in Austin, Texas, probably a year and a half ago. Um, yeah, and I sat down in the back and sure enough, Amanda sat next to me. And we were listening to a lecture. I had my laptop open. I was working on some stuff and she was doing the same and she would look over and be like, wow, that's really pretty. And then I would look at her stuff and be like, that's nice. Uh, so we just started yapping and we had a mutual friend who kind of leaned his head over and was like, well, I don't know, it says to Amanda, I don't know what you think is going to happen, but Adamo's coming to Florida to teach me photography. So, like, so I'll come with him. So like four or five of us met at this guy's office and, um, you know, everybody was learning. I was, I was basically doing the photography thing. And I noticed like Amanda was just like staring at me and I'm like, she knows all this. Like, this is nothing new to her. So while everybody was working, I walked over, I'm like, you know, everything I'm teaching you, right? She's like, no, I'm getting a couple little points, very humble. And I'm like, listen, I know you know what you're doing. Uh, let's do something. So she was like, okay. And you know how that is. Everybody you talk to every once in a while, we'll lecture together, we'll lecture together. So about two months later, Amanda called me one day and said, I need a huge favor. And I'm like, what's that? She said, I'm speaking at the Koi Center Symposium 20th anniversary this July, and I want to reshoot everything. I have 18 minutes to teach a class for composite. I'm like, okay, what do you need from me? She's <laughs> like, can you bring all of your camera equipment here and film it because it's so hard for me. To, I'm like, no problem. I actually had a lecture on a Friday from nine to five in, by my house. And then I jumped on a plane. I got to Charleston. She picked me up at like midnight. Um, we went to her office at seven in the morning, filmed till about five o'clock. Wow. Her husband took me out to dinner with her. Um, and then we were sitting around and I was editing photos and stuff. <laughs> um, 
it was about maybe 10, 10 30. She goes, I'm going to bed. Her husband stayed out. We had a glass of wine. We were BSing. And he goes, all right, you know where to go. I'm like, yeah, I'll make it to the spare room whenever I get there. So he comes out at five in the morning and there I am on the computer. And he's like, oh, how'd you sleep? Did you just get up? I'm like, I haven't moved. And he's like, what? And I'm like, I haven't moved. I'm, I'm almost done with all of her edits and all of the slides. And he's like, are you serious? I'm like, your wife is like really nervous about this. So I don't, she asked me for a favor. I'm not going back home until this is done. And he was like, all right. So she walks out and she goes, how'd you sleep? And he goes, don't ask, just don't ask him anything. I'm like, don't worry, all your stuff is done. She's like, wait, are you kidding? I'm like, no, I stayed up all night. Uh, and from then on, I think we both knew that I would do anything for her. I mean, she's like, She's an amazing partner and amazing friend and vice versa. So we kind of hit it off. I think that was the weekend when we were both like, let's do a course. Um, so we planned a one day composite course that September, which we had to move because of a hurricane to November, uh, just to see how it would go. Um, and we put it together and it was great. I mean, we got really good reviews. And once that day was over, we said, all right. And within the next four weeks, we came up with the name Impress. We came up with a course series and we added a new course this year. We're adding a new one next year. So it kind of, I mean, let's see, we started legit a year and a half ago and it's almost mind blowing to think that within that short period of time, you know, we lectured at the Koi Center, which is, I mean, the biggest honor I think I could ever and Amanda could ever have dreamed of, especially being Koi's graduates. Um, it was amazing and we're humbled that you know, the response has been like this. Um, I didn't expect it to, to go this fast or to be this popular, but it's, it's really, really cool. Um, we work real hard to give people unique, very different hands-on experiences. Um, and so far it's been amazing. Like nothing short of amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. It's incredible. If I see the, the, the amount of different topics that you teach and how many courses do you do on average per month or per Per year yeah so know? last this year will be well we may have to cancel our may course but we had six lined up for the year okay so yeah. i'm gonna say we probably won't go over maybe eight eight a year maybe ten at some point but right now um six is comfortable between all the other stuff we have going on uh, amanda has four kids so yeah. uh, she has a lot of obligation as well um but yeah i mean it's uh and we put so much time and effort and detail into it that doing any more than that is almost going to dilute it in our eyes. And that's not what we want to do. We want to, if you're going to come and pay what we ask for a fee, you're going to walk away and hopefully say, I would have paid double and it was really worth it. Yeah. That's really the, the goal that we want and what we try to strive for. So, yeah. well, maybe, I, maybe I should come over sometime. It sounds really interesting. <laughs> uh, I'd be honored to have either one of you come come as my guest and check it out because uh it's i mean charleston's a beautiful city yeah. if you've never been um and i really think you're um you guys would be uh impressed with uh for a lack impressed. of better word yeah. <laughs> um with, with uh you know the the facility that we're at um there's a beautiful hotel and they really do a nice thing and all the the detail and the stuff that we try to put into every course is uh it's awesome it's awesome Sounds great. And what are your plans for the, for the, for the, for the future? My plans for the future. Oof. Um, I mean, I hope this impress thing continues on. 
uh, and we end up doing a nice little cosmetic curriculum that I think we can have consistently every year. Um, and I mean, for me, I don't really, I'm not one to say like, oh, I need to be a part of this academy by this time in my life or whatever. Those things come, I think, at the fruit of your labor. And if they happen, they happen. Or when they happen, they happen. That's awesome. I just, honestly, I just look at day to day and say, I I'm just want to get better every day and deliver better work for my patients and, and uh, educate, which I love to do and help young people not make mistakes that I did or get the proper education and not get suckered into stuff that's really not going to benefit them or their patients because there's unfortunately a lot of that as well. Uh, so yeah, long-term goals is just enjoy life and, and do the best I can be. Yeah. Sounds good. And um, well, you've already talked about social media, but what do you think about social media these days? You're mo mainly um, on Instagram, right? Yeah, I do a little bit of Facebook here and there, but mainly on Instagram. And it's funny you asked that because um, I didn't do it at DIA this year, but my opening to last year was about a book called Talent is Overrated. And it talks about basically, you know, were people born with innate gifts like does Mozart wake up and his fingers knew what he was doing on the piano or was Tiger, did Tiger Woods wake up and he was the best golfer in the world? And what I think people don't realize is that you know how much work it took Tiger Woods to be Tiger Woods or Mozart to be Mozart or, you know, I know exactly how much guys like you and we practice because yeah. I see it in our group, right, with, yeah. with Tadby and all these animals that are amazing. That's not, that's not your first composite, right? It, you've done hundreds and hundreds of them. And the problem with Instagram, um, I think it's a great platform to meet amazing clinicians and friends and, and show your stuff. But I also think it's the devil, to be honest. I think it's a really bad place in the sense that it makes people feel so inadequate yeah. and like, oh my God, I could never do that. And what people don't realize is, yeah, that's a beautiful case and a beautiful photo, but ask them about the other 30 cases that they won't show on Instagram because it's not perfect. Right. We all have those. And it was funny. I was on a call uh, live with Amanda and I made a comment and somebody was, it was a nice response, but I said, you know, if, if you're a clinician and there's, you don't have work out there that you're not proud of, then you're not practicing enough because we all have it. I mean, we try under ideal circumstances all the time and sometimes stuff just doesn't work out and that's okay. You know, so Instagram, I hope it leaves that perfection image that people think it has and it's, it's not it shouldn't be that it should be the best that you can be for the time you have and i listen i hope i look back in five years and say man my work sucked five years ago because then i progressed yeah. right and then i improved and i got better and and i think people lose sight of that and they they're worried about the likes and the comments and i, I could care less yeah. to be honest I, I do what i do just because i enjoy it and it made me feel good that day and i think everybody should do that even if it's not the picture perfect instagram case yeah. um so yeah i can i can totally uh, totally relate to what you are saying uh in holland we have a system that we have um uh fixed prices so we don't have to do any marketing so you see uh, you see a big difference on instagram uh, dentists that have an instagram for their patients or dentists that have an instagram for other dentists uh, and we don't have to do any marketing so for me it's 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 not about <laughs> look at my cat <laughs> 
<laughs> I love <laughs> it. Like, um, uh, for for me, it's not about marketing, and it's just for for you or for any uh, anybody else. And I always want to show all the steps. Um, and it started for me as a, uh, as some leverage for myself to keep taking photos and to keep uh, to keep improve myself. Um, mm. Uh, and it and it still and it still is. Although my follower count is 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 growing, um, I do it with the same motive as when I started. It's just for me to to um, to see my work and progress. And if I look back on cases from a year or two years ago, I think they totally suck. And I think right now, how how could I've ever posted them and be and be and be proud of them? And um, sometimes. Um, uh, it sucks when you see that and you think, okay, people liked it and said, well, that's really good. And I look back to it and it, it totally sucks. But uh, uh, on the other hand, it also uh, makes you humble and you think, okay, um, you can now see how much you've progressed in a month sure. or a year or two years. Um, and, and that's really nice. But yeah, um, I once I once read a, a really nice quote, uh, and it's not about uh, dentists on Instagram, but uh, Instagram and social media in uh, in, gen in general. That you shouldn't compare your own life to somebody else's highlights, and that's exactly what Instagram is. You show your highlights, and you don't show the thirty other cases that suck. Um, but people think, "Wow, you're really good," and I want to be like him. And people go home um, um, uh, totally frustrated because they don't get to the same level. Yeah. I, it's funny. I, I, and I have no pro shame in saying it on your podcast or in the lecture, which is what I do. If I posted every case that I thought I was going to post on Instagram, I don't need another photo for uh, three, four years, yeah. but I'm so OCD with my eye that I'm like, no, 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 that line angles off. I don't want that case. But if I put it up, people would freak out because it's beautiful but it's not perfect. And yeah. that's the mentality that Instagram has gotten us into. And I'm trying to get out of that um, and show, you know what, this is good, but what did I do wrong? I actually had a little series. I used to call it almost Graham. And it were ones that I didn't want to post. And I would put it out there and say, what's wrong with this? And I would evaluate it like a, an accreditation examiner and say, yeah. the value is a little low on the, on the, if I, if I was matching eight to nine value is a little low, uh, gingival height discrepancy. And people would write, dude, your almost is the best I can ever do. And I'm like, you guys are missing the point, right? Yeah. You need to have somebody explain that, you know, the best learning I get is when I go to do exams for ACD because we're locked in a room with 70 before and afters anonymous. I mean, and you, I'm in with five other examiners and the eye that these people have yeah. to train. I mean, you're like, how the hell did you notice that? Right? So that was the point of it. And the, I, I did, I think I did three of them and stopped because people were like, okay, enough. You're, almost are way too good i'm like all right you guys are missing the point for me it's awesome education to train your eye to get to that level but nobody wanted to hear it so yeah it is what it is that's a that's a great instagram uh topic to do every monday do a do an almost gram yeah yeah, yeah really nice I, and i yeah. literally stopped after three weeks okay yeah but maybe i'll bring it back again we'll see yeah yeah it's a it's a really nice topic um well maybe you've seen it freak uh his internet crashed so uh he's out uh, of the session right now uh i don't know if he will he will come back um it doesn't it doesn't really matter um i'm uh i'm i'm, I'm already through all my uh all my all my questions um is there anything else that you want to add that i haven't asked about right now 
Uh, I don't think so. I think we've covered pretty much everything that uh, we had scheduled. Great. Um, yeah, I mean, I appreciate being on here. Uh, you know, it's nice to finally talk face to face and not through Absolutely. text and, and yeah. Instagram. And I mean, uh, believe me, I I appreciate the kind words towards me, but I've enjoyed watching you and Pre uh, and seeing your progression and grow. I mean, it's, your stuff is both of you are outstanding um thank you so when you asked it's my pleasure to, to join something like this yeah. and anytime i'd be happy to awesome thank you